Hi folks, welcome back to the Rough Guide to Everywhere. Now, in the last episode, we got the inside take of North Korea from Hilary Bratt. And this week we're heading somewhere equally off the tourist circuit, but this time completely out of the public eye. We're going to an island in Tanzania called Ukurewi, down in the southeastern corner of Lake Victoria, where there's a high proportion of people living with albinism. In fact, Tanzania has one of the world's largest populations of people living with the condition, which is a genetic disorder characterised by the absence of pigmentation or coloration in the skin, hair and eyes. And here and across the whole of East Africa, this community has been persecuted in devastating ways. In the past, many people have been hunted, murdered and maimed based on this belief that their body parts are somehow magical or demonic. And even today, some families still force their children with albinism to eat outside and keep away from their brothers and sisters. So there's this entire generation that's been rendered virtually invisible. Until last year. Ian Brennan is a Grammy Award winning music producer who helps to raise awareness of underrepresented and persecuted communities all around the world through music. And he's done projects in Malawi, Vietnam, with genocide survivors in Rwanda and Cambodia. For this project, he teams up with the NGO Standing Voice to draw attention to the plight of this community in Ukurewe. So in the summer of 2016, Ian boarded a packed boat over to the island, armed only with microphones and a load of musical instruments. So I caught up with Ian and a man from Ukurewe with albinism named Riziki, plus his translator, Alex, to hear their story. Riziki, could you just tell me a bit about yourself? Um, yeah, growing up in the family as a little boy, and this is the same to every person born with albinism on the island, we are denied access to play with other children. So you just stay inside, first because the family is embarrassed. If you go out and play with the other kids, they will find out that the family has a child with albinism, which is believed to be a curse in the society to have a child with albinism. So you just play indoors and you stay indoors, and you have no access outside the house. So it's a difficult childhood. And what's it like now as in living as an adult with albinism on Ukurewe? Now as an adult person, still we ex- experience, um, and everyone with albinism of course, experience the same stigma in the community. For example, we are not involved and engaged in community development activities. For example, you cannot go to a meeting and contribute or give your ideas and they get valued. People always think our ideas are worthless, they cannot materialize into anything, so we are not given a fair chance in the society. And that starts from when you are young to into adulthood. And can you tell me a bit about your family? My father uh, was okay that I was born. My mother was very worried about me being part of the family, and I had this condition. So I wasn't treated fairly and equally like everyone else. So I was treated different, and this is an effect on my childhood. And this is uh, true for everyone born with albinism, usually in most cases, which didn't happen in my case. 
it ends up in a breakup of a marriage. So you end up being looked after by one parent, or it could be your mom or your father. You, in most cases, it's your mom because fathers end up walking out. So many women have been left with their husband because of having children with the Lebanese, many believing that they got them because they had affairs outside the marriage. Had you ever sung before Ian arrived on the island? For me, singing um, started with my feelings because of my condition, the effects that has come from my feeling, my my experience as a person with albinism. So I have not sung in the same way I'm singing now. I always had the feeling to sing, but I didn't have the platform to sing like I'm doing now. Because that what I'm singing is my feelings and how I feel. For example, in my community, I may go out to meet people and if I get treated badly, I come back. I have that feeling and how to express my feeling. I usually express it through singing. So I, I might just go inside and start singing myself. So Ian, what, what brought you to Ukureri? Of all the bad things that happen on the planet, and there are so many, uh, inarguably the situation that they face is about as bad as you can get to be hunted uh, for your body parts and to be mutilated while alive and to be menaced daily and ostracized by your own neighbors and family who might deny you food and water. Um, these are things that I think we can't even really imagine, most of us, what that must be like. We can only begin to imagine how bad it must be. And we felt that the, those individuals must have things that they would want to express and they must have things to share that we could all benefit from. And so what we've come to find out that we didn't realize are, are two things. Number one, it's the population is 350,000 people. Mm. So it's the largest physical island, inland island in, in all of Africa. 350,000 people is a lot of people, um, but it's all dispersed throughout the island. Even the biggest town is just the little port town, and it's probably like 5,000 individuals. Right. Um, and... And so we discovered that. The other thing we discovered is, is that since this record has come out, I've not spoken to a single individual that was aware of its existence before, including bureau chiefs at major news organizations that cover Eastern or, or Central or Southern Africa, and they were not aware of its existence either. And I don't say that in a boastful way because I wasn't aware of its existence. Mm. It's, but it's, it's, it's amazing uh, what a special place it is, but, but yet how... how off the map it really is for many people. It just doesn't exist because I guess it isn't easy to get to and doesn't have a uh, identifiable center really. So you're going over and you've obviously had contact, have you had contact with people at this point from the island already to kind of set up meetings and to organize the, the group that you're going to form? Yeah, thanks to Alex and thanks to Standing Voice. Uh, usually when we go into situations, we often don't know anyone in the entire country that we're going to. We had the luxury this time where Alex did outreach to the community and said, hey, who in the community on the island would be interested in this? And most of them weren't. And so we had a, a distillation already where, where we had 18 people that were into the idea and committed to the idea. And they met weekly uh, in the months leading up to our arrival. And we sent instruments ahead and we sent songs ahead for them to listen to. But when we arrived on the island, we found out a few things. Number one was that they never touched the instruments the entire time. They were meeting every week. But since they were non-musicians, I guess they were so intimidated by them um, that they never touched them. They never took them out of the boxes. Number two, they hadn't listened to the songs that we'd sent ahead, just, just not for them to copy, but just for them to maybe be inspired by. 
But then the biggest hurdle and, and the thing that really grieved us and concerned us for them as individuals was that we've discovered that the majority of them have been discouraged from even singing or dancing in church. So that one safe haven where even in slavery times in America, uh, where people were afforded an opportunity to express themselves in the present day, in the 21st century, were, were being denied even that in most cases. And we didn't know that. Then. And what they've accomplished is just incredible, the courage that they have. And what they've accomplished is beyond, I think, anybody's expectations and should be applauded, whether somebody likes the music or not. Riziki, you wrote the song Tanzania is our country too. Uh, could you tell me about this one? Uh, I'm a Tanzanian. I feel I should be accepted as a Tanzanian because my parents are both Tanzanians. They were born in Tanzania. So this persecution of what people with Lebanese going on in Tanzania, we feel like you are rejected. So it's about us uh, saying um, we don't have anywhere to go. We belong here because this is our country. What were your first impressions when you first met Ian? Ah, katika project yeah, I was very happy when this when he brought this project to, to the island. So I thought this was an opportunity for us because we are never given this chance in our community. Everyone thinks we cannot do anything. So it was, I thought it was a chance for us to sing our voices and to be heard for the first time through singing about our experiences as people with Albanism and people can learn and hear. And if people then can the country cannot learn and understand their denial, they don't want to still accept us even through singing, then at least we are here now and we're going to sing on an international stage so they will hear us from here. So Ian, what was the actual process like? Would you have like jam sessions with the musicians, or did you set them off with a task to write some songs? We simply asked them to write about whatever they wanted to express, and this is what they chose to express. You see it in the song titles. They talk about their life. They talk about the oppression. As Riziki said, oftentimes they're not listened to, um, and they have these things they want to express. And they go to community meetings and try to share. And even if people will listen to them, they don't take them seriously. And, and, and they're not seen as equal. And, and uh, so we just encourage them to write about whatever they wanted without limits. M- my only direction to people is be bad. Be horrible. Make mistakes on purpose. Just play. Play, play, play. Play music and express yourself. And... That's all they need to do, and, and they've done that, and it's, it's incredible what the results have been. And, and a lot of it was experimentation, a lot of it was improvisational. And Alex talks about uh, Amadou, uh, who's on the record, who's probably the most uh, traditional belter, kind of a strong, forceful singer, and how he never believed that Amadou would even agree to show any interest in doing this. So when he agreed to do it, everybody was very skeptical, like, why does 
you know, this guy who in social situations would not talk, would usually be on the periphery, would be almost hostile a lot of times, even to Alex, who's known him for more than 10 years, wanted to participate in this music project. He, he, he was very puzzled by that. And on the first day, Amadou stepped up and had a fully formed song and just has such a strong voice and presence that he was in tears. And it was, he told me, I, I, he was stunned, he was shocked. Um, and then a few days later, Amadou came back with a different song and Alex's reaction was almost identical as if it hadn't happened two days earlier. He just said he couldn't believe it. And, and, and on this trip, he's telling me that he can't believe it, that, 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 that how open he's being now socially with him. Um, and I, I think that, uh, you know, music at its best is medicine. I think most people in the West are overdosed on bad drugs. And so we have the opportunity, hopefully, to heal ourselves through music. And maybe in that process, it can make other people's lives a little bit better. Hawakujua kuwa mimi ni binadamu kama wao walinyima haki zangu za msingi Hawakujua kuwa mimi ni binadamu kama wao walinyima haki zangu za msingi Some pretty hard hitting titles in there like I am a human being love has left me they gossiped when I was born it must be pretty emotional to record some of these songs. Uh, it, it's an extremely emotional process, and uh, it, it's sometimes a bit overwhelming. Um, I'm humbled by it. Um, these are the things they chose to share. Uh, they certainly weren't encouraged to dramatize their situation at all, and that makes it all the more powerful, I think, because this is really matter-of-fact uh, understatement and it's important to me to be accurate and to not hype things because we're trying to operate against a hype system in the West and it's with these sustainable relationships that we try to develop with artists um, to meet back with them a month or a year or two years later and then deepen those stories and have them reaffirmed or learn even more is is even more humbling you know to, to find out just the depth of how bad it is. Like just this morning, I discovered that uh, that as children, they were denied uh, playing with other children. And so when visitors would come over, they were sent in the house. And when their families would go out on the island, they would leave them home and take the rest of the family with them. And that caused them to not think they were the only person in the entire world with this condition. And that's mm -hmm. why this community that standing voice and has built and 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 a record like this is so important because they they are empowered by it and and as they were telling me earlier today that you know they can't perform within Tanzania and so now they've gone outside and they're going to make Tanzania listen to them from here yeah and and they're very they're very proud of this they're very proud to be you know now known and written about in you know Brazil and in Italy and in France and in China and 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 hopefully that will continue because I think that what they have to share is important <laughs> Riziki, you wrote the song called Never Forget the Killings. Uh, could you tell me about this one? Uh, oh, Wimbo, 
This song was about being people with, with albinism, um, all the experience that we have to live through on a daily basis. The stigma is just so bad. And, and, and then the killings started to happen. And it made it even worse. It made us live in fear. And we were treated as worthless people. We were treated as people who have no value in the community. And then, then suddenly, there are these rumors that if you bring, you have a body part of a person with albinism, you can get rich. So these rumors swept through the country, and then the killings started. People with albinism were being hacked to death for their body parts, and they were being sold. And it made everyone live in fear. There was one example where my friends had a child with albinism, and then they let her, uh, the child naturally died. But people went in the night and they dug the, 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 the grave and they took the body parts away. And that was very sad for me. So I won't forget the killings. Ian, so incredibly you've gone from this project on the island and now you're going to be performing at WOMAD Festival this weekend. So is this the first time some of the band members have left Tanzania? It's the first time all of them have left Tanzania. First time on an airplane, first time on an elevator, uh, first time out of the country, first time with a passport, and they narrowly made it. Uh, the visas were issued with two business days to spare. They were given a 45-day review versus the maximum 15-day routine review. Um, but they're here, and it's, it's, it's an incredible thing. And it will be their first time on a stage anywhere, first time performing publicly at, at any point. It's, it's just incredible. And it's only possible because of the WOMAD Festival, which for 35 years has done this, where they can defy the economic realities where they can present artists to the world that would never uh, otherwise have these opportunities. It's impossible. Absolutely. R Riziki, how does it feel leaving the island for the first time? Ah, mimi kwa jumla nilijisikia vizuri kwa sababu ilikuwa ni moja ya fursa ambayo I'm incredibly happy to travel out of the island and actually come to the UK because I've not been able to travel any other country outside my country, never been to any even African country. But to suddenly be able to travel um, to another country like the UK is just amazing. The most important thing for me is a platform to sing at an international stage where you're going to sing. Um, I'm not considering myself as one person, as a Riziki. I consider that my voice will carry so many voices of people living with albinism in Tanzania. Do you feel nervous about performing in front of thousands of people? No, I'm not worried at all. I'm not nervous because my impression I've got of this country, this is a place where we are, pe people can listen to you, people have interest in you. So I don't feel nervous, unlike in our society where people don't give you a chance, people don't want to listen to you. So um, I do want to sing because people are going to listen to what I'm going to sing. So Ian, what have you learned from the musicians and from the collective? Well, I've certainly learned a lot about their lives and, and just as a human being, uh, their courage is stunning. And uh, I believe that the honesty in their music is 
almost unparalleled. And for me, that's what I look for in music. I'm not worried about technique. Uh, virtuosity oftentimes is a psychological defense mechanism that people use to gloss over the realities of their life and for them to step forth with untutored and be so direct and so brave and so true is is just just the key thing you know and, and it's so rare it's so rare to find anywhere yeah. and to see them now a year later coming for WOMAD never knowing if a record would even result and 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 the record to come out and to worldwide acclaim, you know, already. Um, and then to have them be here at WOMAD, I can tell you that that many of the individuals that are here almost seem like different people already. Um, what's your, do you have a favorite track from the album? No, I don't believe in favorites. Uh, I don't believe in competition. I, I Music for me is a refuge from competition and from jock mentality. Um, but there are some very striking, striking songs on the record. And I think the 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 music that that opens and closes the record which are from two of the women in the collective are both such beautiful songs in in different ways they're both ballads and and the, the closing track happiness by Teresa has such joy in it and when you you listen to her talk about that what she suffers daily and the fact that she can express joy beyond what the misery that so many people in the modern era have over nothing you know, in comparison, uh, is I think something that uh, that we should really, most of us probably examine. And and, and I I wish I could express joy with uh, maybe uh, you know one percent of the power that she does. So, Riziki, what's changed uh, on the island after after Ian arrived and the Tanzania Albinism Collective was born? So when this music project started, people don't didn't really know how it was going to go next. But now we are starting to sing and people will start listening to us. I'm sure this will go a long way towards changing people's attitude on the island. I'm sure they will hear our voices from here. I'm sure they'll read. I'm sure they'll hear about us through many sources. But we also now have a center on the island where we people can, with the Albanese, come together and meet often. Well, as before, you never thought that there was someone else with Albanese who looked like you. You thought you were the only one in the family. So we things are beginning to change. Mtu akiwa na changamoto ambayo namsumbua unaweza kumsaidia hata wazo kama kuna hili fanya hili. And what are your hopes for the future? Ah, mimi mategemeo yangu ya mbele najua kama tukiendelea ku My looking into the future, I think we should raise more our voices. I think people the Albanese should come together and express about ourselves in different forms. We are here doing it through music. We are doing this not for us. We are doing it for the next generation, for the people with albinism, for our children with albinism. And people should be aware that we should be accepted into the community. We should be treated equally. But for this to happen, we have to raise even more our voices so people can hear and understand the challenges that we, we live through.
80% tunaweza tukaishi vizuri na tukafanya vizuri na jamii katuelewe. Tanzania Albinism Collective recorded live back at WOMAD earlier in the summer. Not only their first international performance, but their first time performing in front of an audience anywhere, ever. And as you heard there from Riziki, this was the first time that they'd ever even left Ukarewe. He'd never been to the mainland, never even seen a city. In fact, before getting on a flight to the UK, he'd never been in a lift before. So at Rough Guys HQ, we're based near Parliament, right on the River Thames, and we have a balcony on the 10th floor of our building. So we thought we'd take Riziki up to see London from above. It's quite a narrow one, this mm-hmm. space. So yeah, we're in the lift going up to the 10th floor of our office. And yeah, Riziki, how'd you feel? Man, I'm just scared. Yeah, I'm feeling very good. <laughs> I'm very excited. We're on the 10th floor of 80 Strand, and we're about to get a view of London from the top of our office. That's really <laughs> go on, let's go for it. Go on, and look one, get it. It's raining, sorry. <laughs> so it's currently raining, we've got a typical London day, uh, but we've got the bend of the river in front of us. Riziki, what do you think? Yeah, this is an amazing view. Uh, can you see the water? It also brings back some memories that back in, in, in my country, some people, their enemies were killed, even dumped into water. But this is different. This is just an amazing view. It's different to any view in Tanzania. So here we've got the London Eye, which is like a, a wheel. And then round, round here we have Parliament. It's just the building, the architecture in this country is so different to how we build the houses. I've seen so many different things. I mean, I've seen like softy woods being used in, in a place but where we don't, it's just we, our building style is so different. And this is just amazing. Like you never think you would see building like this. Yeah. yeah. And on, on, U- uh, on Ukurewe, there, there's not a single building over a story high, right? Ah, okay. On Ukurewe Island, there is in a building that has got even one story, only the bank. Thank you to Riziki, Alex and Ian for coming in for a chat. To hear the whole album White African Power, you can go to tanzaniaalbanismcollective.bandcamp.com and check out standingvoice.org for information on how you can support their projects and stand in solidarity alongside people with albinism. Ya
Ami tambu.